1: Hey folks, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars, and I have a first-time guest on today, my friend uh, Ted Ives, and uh, Ted, how would you describe your, your professional life?
2: Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a very long history of being involved in the software industry. Um, I was a software product manager for a long time, and actually spent five years working at Apple at the same time that you were there. My- my roommate was actually a guy that worked for you, so it's it's kind of a trip to be on your show now. Who was that? Uh, Dennis Hescox. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's a blast from the past. Yeah, I was just in front of the uh, building you guys used to work in, and I was remembering <laughs> during the big earthquake, you got to bash down a door and uh, save some women that were in a... a, a yeah, so.
1: Oh, my God. I remember that, too. I, would, I was in uh, the tallest building in Cupertino at the time, and... Uh, Boy, it was like the Poseidon adventure. This was 1989, folks, and this was the 7.0 earthquake that um, hit the valley hard. And I remember uh, water coming in the windows and, and having to go down a stairway that was detached from the walls and kind of swaying back and forth. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, the scary thing for me was when I got into my car, every single radio station had been knocked off the air, which was, that's when you knew it was a big one, so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember driving home, I was, you know, worrying about my family because I couldn't contact them, and, and feeling the aftershocks and seeing the uh, the light posts swaying back and forth.
2: Yeah.
1: Awful, awful. Anyway, on to brighter things. You are now a uh, preeminent uh, PPC person and consultant. Uh, let, let's start with how people can contact you.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've got a website, tedives.com, um, and I'll, I'll maybe even, you know, refer to a few articles that are listed on there, um, but it's just dot Um I was with a company called The Search Agency out of LA for, oh, sure. uh, for three years or so, a really good agency that does uh, paid search and SEO stuff. Uh, learned a lot, and I've been doing my own thing for about three years now. got about 12 clients and uh, up to uh, four people now, so it's uh, you know, a little small agency consultancy thing. Uh, We try to keep it small and and give people, you know, close attention.
1: Fantastic. Well, ironically, um, the reason I invited you on was a great article that you wrote for Search Engine Land entitled, Taming the Beast of the Messy Enterprise SEM Campaign. So you must have some uh, bigger clients. First of all, how how would you define an enterprise SEM campaign?
2: Well, so... (laughs) So with, with uh, large companies, what you tend to have is you have multiple types of businesses if, if you get into a company big enough. And so I think the challenge can be when you're going around to try to understand, you know, what lingo is each business talking? And sometimes you'll sit down with someone and, and they're, just, they're just talking an entirely different language. So I sort of put this together as sort of a, a guidepost for, all right, if you're going to sit down and have a discussion with someone, you know, show them these uh, these charts and sort of say, okay, do you see yourself uh, in, in which one of these columns? Which one of these do you resemble the most? And then it kind of help frame the conversation.
1: Perfect. So we're talking about uh, bigger companies. Uh, often they have uh, multiple um, accounts. Often they have multiple people working on their uh, PPC campaigns. Um, often they have uh, multiple products. And um, you, you you compartmentalize these things very nicely. So um, describe for us first the three types of businesses you're talking about.:
2: Yeah, so there's uh, there's lots of different business models, and there's lots of different revenue models that people can have. Um, you know you could be software as a service, you could sell hardware, you could sell services, all, all kinds of different things. but I, I find that most businesses fall into one of three categories in terms of the way that they sell, right so and that's what I would call their go-to-market. So you have sort of relational go-to-market businesses, and those are ones where, you know, they're concerned with lead generation. You generally have maybe inside salespeople who are calling, trying to set up meetings for an expensive salesperson to maybe play golf with the prospect. and You know, a long sales cycle and a high ASP sale. Um, but even like a car dealership, it would be, you know, a high ASP thing, and you've got a, a person personally selling, right? So. Right. There's some similarities there, so that's sort of relational stuff, right? That's pretty common in in large enterprises. On the other end of the spectrum, you have the transactional go-to-market, which is really more self-service, maybe uh, more inexpensive products, and you're just trying to get people to buy on the web, and that's your sort of traditional e-commerce type of play. Mm -hmm. Um, The one in the middle that that is where it gets interesting is what I would call the partner go-to-market, and this is where you have, you know, all kinds of different average selling prices. But you're trying to push product through channel partners, and when I say channel, you know, I had a, a big uh, discussion with my editor on this. She was sort of afraid to put channel in here because you know marketers think of the word channel and they think, well, marketing channel, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of companies, when you say channel, what they mean is those guys that we sell through, right? right.
1: So, distribution channel,
2: exactly. Distribution channel. So this would be resellers, partners could actually be e-commerce partners, also, right? Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. The challenge with that is you get into issues of you know your brand and can people bid on your brand or not? Do you want partners bidding on your brand? What are you doing to generate demand? Does it even make sense for you to fulfill demand or to have the partners do it? So it it gets really interesting when you get into those those types of businesses.
1: Yeah, truly, I'd, I've had uh, clients, and I'm sure you have, where the uh, they're they're selling direct to. Customers and they're also selling through partners, so you have to be cognizant and, and plan for and act for uh, channel conflict where you don't want to uh, cannibalize the sales of your partners, but you don't want to lose that direct contact with customers.
2: Yeah, it's a real balancing act. You know, I like the word co-opetition. You now it's sometimes that applies. So. Truly.
1: So, okay, those are the, the three types, relational, partner, and transactional, go-to-market clients or, or businesses, and uh, relational, we're talking about high-ticket items, uh, long sales cycle, partners, we're talking about uh, somewhat smaller um, ticket sales and a sales cycle that is uh, within weeks, days, or hours. And then transactional is kind of your traditional Amazon kind of model where the Transactions are lower priced, and the sales cycles is short. It can be immediate, or it can be hours. So let's let's move from there to um, what are the four types of enterprise SEM campaigns that you encounter that we all encounter.
2: Yeah. So when I I say SEM, I mean what I and it's interesting because different people have different definitions of it. But to me, SEM is really any sort of you know pay per click oriented thing. But it could also include you know display campaigns, paid social. Remarketing, you know th- those types of uh, you know comparison shopping campaigns. So SEM is really just sort of anything where you're paying, paying for the traffic is kind of how I view it. Um, it it's it's not SEO and it's not pure social. So gotcha. Um, so yeah, the four types. I mean, you could have a branding campaign, and uh, by branding campaign, I don't mean advertising on your brand terms. What I mean is getting your brand in front of people. Who are not looking for your brand and, and trying to, you know, get the brand out there and get it into people's minds. Um, what you tend to find is that, you know, AdWords and Bing Ads really are not great for that, just because the cost per clicks are so high because they're so competitive. You, you don't tend to see people sort of advertising on unrelated terms and trying to just get their brand in, in front of somebody. Um, what you'll tend to see those, where you'll tend to see those done, is more display, you know, paid social type. Type uh, campaigns. Something I think it's interesting to compare those two is you can kind of compare the performance to print, radio, and TV, right? So mm-hmm. I sure. Everybody kind of gets if you've got a radio ad, that's really sort of branding type type of stuff. It's not really performance based. Um, and then the measurement is really things around share of voice and brand recognition. So traditionally, in S- SEM you don't you don't do this much other than really display and paid social.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to push back a little bit on that because. Uh, uh, we have employed paid search uh, well actually let 's say the google display network and and p p c powered display to do branding and there 's a little uh kind of trick that you can play. We often do this when launching a new company or a new product, and that is uh, create messaging in the ads which is which doesn't encourage uh, an action in other words uh maybe just the Brand name or the company name and a slogan, and just uh, run those like crazy on the display network, uh, expose people to the brand and the the uh, uh, top line messaging, and then follow that or augment that by paid search. Since uh, a lot of times even the limited clicks end up uh, inserting people into this the, into this funnel, where they'll they'll come back and search on the brand name or search on the product
2: name. See what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, so that is, that is a great. So, I don't know if you know him. He's another fellow out of Rhode Island. But he, he did a talk at SMX West a couple of weeks ago about display and that, that uh, you need to think of your display ads not as uh, not worrying so much about trying to get that click, but what will the person do when they remember it later and kind of go, hmm, was there a promo going on? Where was that? And then they go to your website. And he was talking about, you know, you should feature it on your homepage. If you have a, a slogan, you should make sure you're. You're paying in paid search for that slogan, so that it comes right up. Um, so, I, I yeah, I, I like what you're saying. It really lines up with what he's talking about. And who was that again? Uh, Soren uh, Soren Reihard, Uh He's he's out of uh, uh, Rhode Island. He's got a. Okay. Um Yeah, look him up. He's a really sharp guy. I will. Yeah.
1: Hey, speaking of looking up, um, things are looking up for. <laughs> Boy, this is a bad segue. People, people should. Uh, stay with us because we're going to look up some great uh, sponsors. Oh boy, I'm going to try this again. Let's go silent. Hey, Ted, let's pause there because we've got some really important messages from our sponsors and listeners. Uh, pay close attention, but stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors.
0: ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping nirvana.
3: Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. The pursuit of PPC
0: continues. Welcome back to PPC
1: Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Ted Ives talking about... Enterprise uh, SEM campaigns or PPC campaigns, and we talked about the different kinds of businesses, uh, larger enterprises, and we were starting to talk about the four types of enterprise SEM campaigns. Talking about branding first, but let's move into the second type: customer acquisition campaigns.
2: Yeah, so for customer acquisition, it's really sort of relational lead gen type campaign, right? You've got it's good for the the businesses that have sort of the relational go to market. So they're trying to just get the name of somebody so they can follow up and market to them, right, or sell to them. So, you know, the types of call to actions you would typically have would be things like, you know, download our free white paper, free newsletter sign up. You know, you're just trying to get them to give up their name. And, uh, you know, paid search is great for this, display, remarketing, all that stuff. Um, it's perfect for this type of a campaign. Truly. Yeah, and, and for B2B in particular, what I like to compare the performance to is maybe trade shows. And webinars, trade shows are usually maybe more expensive for leads, and then webinars can actually be even be cheaper sometimes than, uh, uh, you know, say white paper download campaigns. Um, but they're sort of similar, similar type performance, and uh, the measurement is where the, the this really differs from from the other campaigns. It's really number of leads and cost per good lead is really what you're concerned about for the most for the most part.
1: Right, and I like what you say that. Uh, uh customer acquisition campaigns can can be executed almost in a vacuum. In other words, um, you, you don't really want people to necessarily peruse the entire site. You're sending them directly to a dedicated landing page, focusing them on messaging that will cause them to take an, action, and uh, you, you can benefit from um, even frequent landing page testing to... Um, increase conversion rates.
2: Yeah, and the, the, of, of course the two schools of thought of, uh, you know, try to keep everything above the fold and keep it simple versus the sort of, you know, the squeeze page, long copy sells kind of camp. I, I'm very much, you know, keep it simple, just capture the people, don't let them leave, and keep, have a nice simple, uh, my, my favorite example, it's kind of funny actually, landing page design is, uh, I think it was a debt consolidation company that, you, you know, this whole concept of, you should have a, a picture of, of people and they should be looking at something, and it should draw your attention to where you're supposed to type in your name. Right. right. There's, there's, I forget who the vendor is out there right now, but they've got one where it's this this guy and this gal, and they're, they're sort of looking lovingly at this submit button. <laughs> 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 so bad. But, uh, yeah, nice. I really like that kind of stuff. It does work. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I also, I also want to encourage listeners to try for customer acquisition, especially B2B lead gen campaigns a relatively new uh, campaign type that uh, Google has been kind of quiet on. Uh, when it was in beta, it was called Search Companion Campaigns, and now they're calling it uh, an even more confusing name called uh, Search with Display Select. And uh, I'm not going to go into exactly what happens, um, but try them out for, for lead gen uh, you can it's, it's fundamentally a display campaign, but it's kind of a hybrid of search, display, and remarketing, and uh, tends to produce really nice volumes of very low-cost leads. Have you tried them?
2: I've tried it twice, and it wasn't that great for me, but uh, I actually didn't realize that that's... I didn't connect the search companion thing with the, the display selecting. I didn't realize it was the same thing now, so... I'll, I'll maybe take another run at it and, and take a look if you've had good luck.
1: Yeah, The, the um, you know, as I said, Google has been uh, kind of quiet about it. I'm not sure why. I think it's kind of got lost in the shuffle of, of lots of feature releases. But, um, yeah, do give it a try, uh, especially when you can um, use static and dynamic or, or – uh, hold on a sec – yeah, do give it a try. It, it works especially well with uh, image ads, either static or dynamic image ads. And um, it, it's kind of a black box, but uh, do give it a try, uh, especially for B2B um, lead gen campaigns. Yeah, I'll check it out. So let's move on. Um, next kind of enterprise SEM campaigns. In yeah. Your article demand fulfillment campaigns.
2: Yeah, so there's really there's really sort of two pieces. There's demand generation versus demand fulfillment, right? And this, yep. this, this kind of gets into the heart. You know, the difference between the two sort of gets into the heart of you know, what is the company's role and what should its partner's roles be, right? So demand fulfillment, yep. I mean, if you're just a company that's an e-commerce company and you don't have partners, then really that's most what you care about is demand fulfillment. So. You'll have, you know, Google or Bing shopping campaigns. You'll, you'll do comparison shopping engines. Maybe you have some Amazon campaigns. Obviously, remarketing always makes sense. Um, the thing that it maybe compares most to is maybe catalog sales. So, uh, I'm thinking, you know, Smoky Mountain Knife Works, you know, I love checking that place out. If you're, if you're into knives, it's that you could spend hours on that thing, right? But, uh, yep. it, there's a classic thing. They've got a, a physical catalog and they've got an e-commerce store, but not really so much partners. Um, but, you know, so you could have a standalone e-commerce business that just does demand fulfillment campaigns. Where demand generation comes in is really the earlier funnel terms. So I would say demand fulfillment I would define as being really, you know, the brand terms, right? Yeah. Um, product numbers, you know, SKU numbers and, and brand names and things like this. Demand generation is early funnel stuff. Like uh, if you're selling printers, it would be, you know, laser printer rather than the model number, right? mm mm-hmm. right. Um, and you want to, you want to get those people. You want to bring them in and you want to educate them. So the question is, you know, if you have a channel or channel partners, you probably have them because they're more efficient and they have bigger reach than, than you do. So often, you know, what a lot of companies will find is, you know, maybe they have nine or ten channel partners bidding on their brand name. And it's sort of like, well, gee, do I need, really need to bid on that or is the, does the channel sort of have me covered? Do these partners, right. they're going to, they're going to get the deal. It's all good. They can maybe fulfill more. Uh, efficiently to me anyway so by organizing your keywords into these separate campaigns you can actually start having conversations with the partners and I've, I've got two two clients right now that that are in, in the middle of discussions with partners uh, on the level of hey you know I want you uh, you know I want you to spend in terms I want to spend the early funnel stuff and then you can start looking into you know are you compensating the partners a lot of people have these you know, they'll do SPFs or whatever, uh, you know, market development funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and organizing them in this way sort of helps you to sort of have that conversation.
1: Yeah, and I, I like what you say. Would, would the company have gotten this sale anyway through the partner? And uh, I, th- I think a lot of uh, companies selling direct and through partners get hung up on maximizing their net profit, um, but do so at the expense of alienating their, their you know, partners or you know, causing their partners to to invest less in uh, parallel SCM campaigns.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of it's almost like the uh, the sort of uh, organic versus paid cannibalization thing. It's kind of a similar yep. type exactly. of thought process. So, yep. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, um, we're going to break now for another set of uh, sponsor messages. Uh, Ted, stay with us, and listeners, don't go away. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors.
0: winning leadership excellence and results as well as an a rating by the better business bureau for reach engagement and conversion it's all inclusive marketing reserve a free consultation today at all inclusive com slash radio
2: at BruceClay.com.
0: Do you want to optimize and grow your business? Then master your skills in conversion rate optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference Las Vegas 2015, happening on May 12th through the 14th. It's Brasco from Webmaster Radio inviting you to the biggest and only conversion conference in the United States this year. Join your colleagues and the world's leading conversion experts, including Tim Ash, Amy Africa, Lance Loveday, Natalie Nahai, plus 40 of your favorite optimizers. Learn to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. Come to Conversion Conference, the conference that pays for itself in no time. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a $100 discount on their pass. Register early and get full access for only $897 when you use discount code WMFM. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with the code WMFM. That's ConversionConference.com, code WMFM. Hurry, save your seat before they sell out. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome
1: back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella, And we are back with Ted Ives talking about uh, SEM campaigns, PPC campaigns uh, serving large enterprises or uh, complicated uh, enterprises. And we are going to segue now, I think, into the demand generation campaign. Talk a, a little bit in more detail about that.
2: Yeah. So for domain generation, I really like. Uh, in fact, it's interesting. So I, I had done an article earlier, and you know the, the uh, listeners can check it out. It's on uh, tedives.com dot com under press, and if you look for the article, the search engine land called "How to Use Funnels." Uh, you know, it's all about organizing keywords into funnel steps, mm-hmm. um, sort of a steps one through ten. I like to think of them that way because it's it's like a problem solution funnel. So we sort of do things like. You know, related activity, suspicion there's a problem, problem identified, looking for alternatives, solution space chosen, um, researching a specific solution, researching a specific brand, conversion imminent, and then post-conversion, right? If you can yep. sort of organize keywords into these steps, then it's just a matter of taking some of these steps and sticking them in demand fulfillment, some of these steps sticking them in demand generation. And, you know, the, the main rule that I, I use for the demand generation stuff is, Look, if it's early funnel phrases, they should be in there. And the other big category is really competitor terms. Um, mm. A competitor term to the competitor is demand fulfillment, right? It's their brand. Right. Maybe to you, it's demand generation, right? It's it's a it's business you wouldn't have gotten if you hadn't advertised on it. Right.
1: So um, just a side uh, question. Do you do you get pushback from clients when you propose uh, competitor campaigns, bidding on competitor brand names or product names?
2: Not a lot. I did a piece for Search Engine Land. That's also listed in that. You know, uh, uh, it's the, the complete guide to bidding on competitor brand terms, and you know, I mean, the legal issues. It's you know, I, I would encourage people to research it for themselves. I'm no lawyer. Things have probably changed uh, a little bit since with different court things, but generally, you know, Google's position has been they are not going to investigate as long as you didn't use someone's brand in in your creative, right?
1: Right. Uh, and even even then only if the brand owner has filed a kind of
2: petition. Right. And 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 also none of this means that I mean it doesn't mean someone can't sue you. They can sue you for anything. So, um, right. you know, you, you can't control everything, but a lot of people do it. It's pretty widespread. So, yeah, no, most most of my clients, you know, they're you know, seem amenable to doing it uh, to trying it out. Um, I, and I would say performance usually is not fantastic, but it, you can get some incremental conversions, and it's usually worth doing.
1: Hey, Ted, we, we've got just a couple minutes left. Let's uh, jump down to the rules of the road to keep these campaigns straight section.
2: Sure. Um, let's see here. So, well, just if, if, let me just really quickly hit, you know, it's important when you're doing your goal tracking, if you have a, a lot of channel partners, you want to measure, find a reseller or where to buy. That's right. really Really important to have like a micro conversion you're you're measuring as far as that goes. The other thing is attribution analysis. So if if you have these campaigns organized in this way, you can actually do attribution analysis to see did my demand generation campaigns cause demand fulfillment to to get conversions. Right. If, if it does, you can infer what you're doing in the channel. You know, if you happen to have a, a captive company store, it's almost like a captive reseller, and you kind of measure. And if you know that your market share is five percent, and you could you know multiply by twenty and you know, guess what impact you had on the channel. So I just want to talk, you know, check out the article on search engine and if you want to dig into that stuff, please do, please do the the rules of the road. I would just say basically brand terms of the company belong to demand fulfillment. Um, you ought to have probably shopping campaigns for demand fulfillment as much as you can. They perform much better. And, uh, you know, any generic product or service terms or competitor brand terms go in the uh, demand generation campaign. Um, and then if you have a really high selling price product, you, you really should be thinking in terms of just traditional customer acquisition, you know, lead gen type campaigns.
1: Great stuff. Hey, we've got to come to a close, Ted, uh, but I want to remind readers uh, listeners to uh, check out your blog. I'm going to spell it slowly. T is in Tom, E, D is in David, I, V is in Victor, E, S.com, TedIves.com. And uh, thanks so much for, for spending this time with us, Ted.
2: Well, thanks, Dave. It was great.
1: And listeners, you know where to come next week, same time, on PPC Rockstars.